Well, well, well. What was the last job that you applied for, Tim? Like applied for? I don't really do. It's been a long time. Well, right. Like, right. So, like I for think... me, it, yeah. I mean, it's been 15, 13, 16 years. Yeah. It's it's been a. I guess because I was a military, I was in the military right out of high school. So Did you have to apply for that in the same I, way. I, I, you went, you go to the recruiter, you fill out a lot of forms. I don't know if that's considering applying. I left the military, uh, went to Booz Allen Hamilton. I guess so. I applied to that, but that was two thousand four. So okay. almost twenty years. It was really strange for me just to even update a resume recently. I mean, that just. Uh, I remember I got off. Uh, so I, I think the only job I've ever applied for is the TV job way back when. Um, got that in 07. And then never since. I remember one time, like, there was something that ODU was doing. And they were like, hey, like, there's this overseas opportunity. Can you put together a resume or something so that we can submit it? We ended up not getting the the, the gig. But it was like teaching entrepreneurship, maybe on a Navy base overseas. Or something. I, 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 I can't remember. But that... I mean, dude, it's a cumbersome things have process. Huh? Things have changed. Things have. Well, I mean, I just remember it being the same thing over and over again. And then right. now I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, well, no wonder I didn't get any of those jobs. I looked exactly like everyone else. I look like a doofus. <laughs> so it was just like, you, you got to do something different, yeah. um, which is exciting to see that things obviously have changed from our, you know, 16 to 20 year ago uh, experiences. And, um, this 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 local company realist has has done some some has done and is continuing to do some really interesting innovative uh, techniques and strategies in their business so that it is a, uh, a very antiquated industry or not industry but concept in terms of the whole hiring process needs to be refreshed and uh, and and Sean and Katie do it awesome welcome to the show Katie and Sean how are you Thanks. great great yeah thanks for having us yeah. Uh, what, uh, I guess let's just jump right on in. Let's talk about Realist, what you guys uh, are doing and what it's all about. So at Realist, we enable employers to hire the right talent faster. And we do that by using short form video and community. And so think 60 second or less videos. And they highlight the job, the mission, vision, values, um, the actual environment of the company. And then we post them on our site. And so the job seekers can actually view what it's like to work at this company directly on our site. Okay, interesting. Couple of things that come to mind. Um, either in Hatch 2 or Hatch 3, our, our second or third cohort, we had a company that pitched something similar to this. Um, but that was 10 years ago. So maybe a little early. A couple of things that I think about. From a hiring perspective, um, I know that some people in certain demos don't want their accolades to be um, pushed back by maybe the way that they look first. With video as that first piece, have you guys had any hesitations or pushback from from anyone in that regards to, to basically say, hey, this is who I am, this is what I look like, uh, where I guess a lot of people want to show that resume, that cover letter, however you apply for a job these days, and not show maybe the face or who they are beforehand? So great question. So that's traditionally how this is done. And so we are actually not like that. We're 180 degrees different. So the employers post videos about their company, about their mission, about their vision, their jobs, their actual environment. 
So yeah. you get to see what it's like to work at the company. You get to see the people you're actually working with. You hear from, in most cases, your boss is the actually the person doing the videos. And so you get to see your colleagues in the videos. You get to see the exact equipment you're using. If you have equipment, you get to see Got it. The, the actual working space you're working in. And so it takes everything that's in a traditional job description and replaces it with video. And so you get to see, then you also get to like catch the, like the vibe of the, the company as well, which all these things is incredibly difficult to put inside of a job description in the, uh, the time frame and the attention span of this next generation. Yeah, yeah that's super so, interesting. So what uh, Sean is, um, the reason we've switched it and what Sean is talking about is that there's this generational shift happening. So in less than two years, uh, Gen Z and millennials will be over 75% of the workforce. And that matters because it's a generation that operates in a very different way and they need different strategies and tools to attract and engage them. And in particular, um, it's a generation that values authenticity, they value transparency, the attention span ranges from eight to 12 seconds. And most importantly, it's a generation that gets 80% um, of their information from short form video. So we've tailored our solution so that companies can attract and engage these next uh, very important segment of the workforce. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess the adage is a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is worth 10,000. Um, so I, I see that that works really, really well. What... Um, what happens in the instance where, uh, say, the the hiring manager uh, doesn't doesn't show well? Uh, I guess to put it nicely, uh, are, are do you uh, do you all allow actors, so to speak, uh, step in um, to to represent the the job opening in in a better light? And so it's it's really up to the company what they want to put in the videos. We really we push for actually having the real employees in the videos. And so to date, all of the actual people in all of our videos are real employees that work at the actual locations. Uh, and so we luckily we haven't we haven't faced that challenge yet. Yeah, that's I mean, it's just and I'm sure that it's probably it's when it does, it would probably be you all having that conversation saying, uh, you know, maybe you're not the right person, you know, oh. to, yeah. to be the one selling this uh, this this opening. Well, we do have techniques for that. Um, so yeah. we do have people who are a lot more uncomfortable in front of the camera. And so um, one of the best techniques for that is to do voiceover. So we film mm -hmm. them doing their job and over time, they start to relax and they just do their work and they're talking to their colleagues and doing whatever. And then we do separately, we interview them and they'll forget that the microphone is there because there's no camera and they'll just talk about what they do and why they like it and what, what they enjoy. And then we marry the video um, with the voiceover. So that's been um, a really successful technique for that. I think that it's great. I, I to me, it shows authenticity. And, and I think that yeah. the younger generation, that is something that they really appreciate is authenticity. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what you can pack into 45 seconds. Agreed. Okay. So you hear a lot of uh, news articles or broadcasts, or you hear people complain about talent these days, no matter what industry it's in, how they can't hire anyone. 
how the people that they do hire don't want to last there for a long time. They just don't seem to care. Do you all see this kind of thing? Is is there truth to it? It like what is the state of of the market for for talent? Because if you just follow what you hear on the news, there's a billion jobs available. No one wants to take them and no one's working. And it just seems like, cause I always wonder like, okay, so where are those people working? Are they all just like Amazon drivers now? Because they, they can maybe pick their own hours. They all just want a DoorDash. Like it, it seems obnoxious to say that, but why wouldn't you want to go have a, you know, quote unquote normal job, but like where, but there's so many jobs available that no one wants to take. It just, it seems very odd. And it is the narrative been spun. So yeah. What is the, the state of the talent market? So let me first start off that, uh, you're absolutely right. Huge problem. Uh, there are 10.5 million unfilled jobs in the U.S. today. It's costing U.S. companies an estimated $60 billion a month in lost sales due to labor shortages. Tremendous problem. So big problem. Um, the good news is the talent is there. Um, this The Gen Z and millennials, um, which are roughly 16 to 44 years old, um, are they're hardworking? They are um, willing to step in and and do the job, but um, I think the the disconnect is connecting the the employers and the talent, and um, that disconnect it's it's almost like a language barrier, and the employers don't know how to speak to the next generation in a way that engages them because the tools that they have are things like job boards, online job boards with written job descriptions. And if you've got an eight second attention span, you're not going to make it through that job description. And frankly, when we talked to employers, most of them said, all we're looking for is a good attitude and a willingness to learn. Now, granted, we are working with entry level jobs. So um, that runs a very large gamut between, you know, unskilled jobs all the way to your first job out of college. And um, so level one engineers. So there is, there are certain requirements for some of the um, entry level jobs that we're posting for, but, but still it, what employers have told us time and again is that they're just really looking for people who are willing to step in and um, and uh, work with with uh, a willingness to learn. And um, we found from the job seekers we talked to, they are there. They want to do the work. They just don't know what's out there. Yeah, I think that it's it's interesting in this sense that I mean, this is like a pretty a fairly crowded space. I get a I, I see a lot of. Uh, job platforms, uh, investor uh, or decks that uh, looking to raise capital. But the thing that's interesting, it, it, it always boils down to the same, the same method. And it's a matter of how big someone's network is. Whereas like this, this to me is like something that is like really disrupting in the sense of in order to get a, a different outcome, you need to do something different. And there's, mm -hmm. uh, there's a virality uh, effect to this where, yeah, I mean, like uh, they have uh, whatever the, uh, the the crazy homes on Zillow is. I mean, like uh, that's got its own account. Whereas like something like this, I mean, people, you can mm. make things really creative, go yeah. viral and, and and show that, hey, this is a fun place to work. So this is like, to me, something that is truly disruptive in terms of 
the job market. So it's, it's super cool. So actually, excellent point. So this this concept of visual storytelling and connecting people with people is just the first piece of our platform. We have two more pieces. Um, uh, so the first is the video and that visual storytelling and creating that connection between the employer and the employee. The second piece of it is how we get those videos out to the talent. And that's the reach piece of it. And we're really excited about our reach because it's um, based on two key concepts um, that are really important to Gen Z and millennials. One is community and two is network. So by community, we mean things like Slack groups. So um, one key stat in our field is that 80% of job seekers are actually passive, which means that they don't they want a new job, but they're not actually looking for a new job. So instead of expecting job seekers to come to an online site and look for a job and, and scroll through and try and find something for them, we take our jobs to, let's say you're a, a .NET developer, we would take it to the .NET developer group on Slack. And there you're amongst your peers, you're amongst people who have similar interests, and, um, and post the jobs there. The second piece, uh, the network piece, is that um, we enable anyone to be a recruiter. So it's a distributed network similar to Uber. And in the same way that Uber enabled anyone to be a driver, we are enabling anyone to be a paid recruiter by sharing jobs. So each job has you know, a save button, a share, uh, an apply. And so they can share it with friends and family, their network, and the jobs that come with referral fees, they can earn that referral fee. So every employer we talk to offers referral fees ranging from $250 to $5,000. So you share it with your network of friends, they get hired, they're happy, the employer's happy, and you get a referral bonus of you know maybe $500. So that's mm. the virality effect of the distribution. The mm -hmm. third piece of the platform is data. So we use data to inform both the video content and which messages are performing the best to um, attract the most applications. And then we're using data to inform which communities are driving the highest quality candidates that have the best fit with the companies. I remember a couple of years ago, I was working with Dominion Enterprises and one of their, it, we, we got them to sponsor a ton of our events. And one of the, the main things that they did was like, hey, like we want to be around people like you because you are attracting a lot of these people. It cost us 20 grand or so to uh, find a new person, a, a new talent. And if we can make that cheaper by finding people through you. We'll sponsor all your events in the world, and I was like, "All right, well, let's 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 multiply that number even more. Like, let's go." But so it's so it's interesting to hear that. Um, I'm interested how the, how did you two meet? So I was in the 757 startup studio down in Norfolk, and I was working on a different startup, and Katie was assigned as a mentor, and so she she and I we we worked on this and. Over the months, I was like, "Hey, you're you're spending way more than the the thirty minutes you're supposed to spend a week on this." She spent I don't know, like eight hours a week plus, like on this. I was like, "You," and this went on for around a couple months. And so it's like, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And she's like, "No, I don't want to do this." And then and then about a month later, she she was like, "You know what? I've been thinking about this. I cannot stop thinking about this. I just I want to do this." 
And so that's that's so the offer was still available then. You you didn't backtrack. You weren't like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't necessarily looking for a co-founder, and she wasn't looking for a job. So it worked out. Yeah. Well, I think having a co-founder is really important. Uh, and, and it's not something that is really talked about in this area so much uh, as much as it should be. And a lot of um, organizations, different accelerators, uh, that's part of, that's that's a requirement is to have a co-founder. And, and they have the mindset if you can't sell, sell uh, someone joining your company to be a co-founder, then you failed the first test. So, um, but to even, so like I saw, I saw that. Um, Check. <laughs> I, 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 I agree that co-founders are important, things like that. But like I, I we used to do things like uh, founder dating and, and trying to match the people together through Startup Weekend, through Start Norfolk. And, and, I, and I saw I think the Startup Studios was doing something recently about it. And I just don't think that works. I don't think that you can pair people in that kind of way. I think it's a hot, sexy thing where it's like, oh, come here and we'll pair you together. Right. I don't think that works because I think you have to have like intimate relationship. Um, intimate <laughs> you need to have like, um, um, you, like you realistic conversations yeah. with people and, 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 and be yeah. invested. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the, the it wasn't, about that. but like, it's like, right like, now, like yeah. it has to be there. Like you have to have that invested time in there. It's not like, Oh, like, Hey, I just met you for 20 seconds and now we're going to like, do this thing together. Like, I don't think yeah. that works. I have extensive background in doing that and proving that it doesn't work. And so it's just like, when I see these things, I'm like, yeah, they're nice and dandy, but like you're pro that's probably not going to work. It needs to be a situation where it's like, someone wants to be there. They, they do it for a while, eight hours a week, like you said. And then eventually it's like, well, Hey, maybe there's something more here. It, and, and I think that's more of the, the likelihood of that happening than just being like, Oh, you're a developer. You're a designer, and I have I have this idea, and hopefully by going to this event, all of these cards are going to work out, and it's going to do it. I don't think that works. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I, you certainly can't force the issue. No, but I think they try, no. and I think that's yeah. a very difficult thing. Yeah. So I'll say two things on that. One is we never would have met if it hadn't been for startup studios. I don't think mm -hmm. we ever would have crossed paths. So creating the introduction was very valuable to us. I mean, it was invaluable to us, frankly, because that that was the introduction. But it was, you know, Sean's willingness to uh, set up the meeting and take the call. And it was my willingness to put in the hours and take the time. And like you said, we worked together for, I mean, 231 hours. We have a lot. 231 hours. 231 hours before we decided to partner. So yeah. It was a long time and it was a long time for both of us. You know, it, it's his baby and it was my time. And, uh, and that was big, but you know, it's a marriage, right? It's yeah. not, I mean, it's yeah. In a I sense, mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I so, see Sean more than I see my husband right now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, Sean, sorry, husband. <laughs> I'm curious, Sean, like, was, was there things like, what were the things that, that you saw in, in Katie that was like, she would make a great co-founder. Yeah, I mean, a whole, did you hire to offset weakness? Was it just that there was just like a chemistry that you all were able to really work well together? What would I would I want to hear more how all this transpired? And then Kate, once that's answered, Katie, I want to swing out over to your side as well. So I think first it's we have 
crazy and like complete opposite complementary skills. So it's like, I'm a software developer product. That's everything that I do. Also, you know, this, this is the second time I've done this. And so the first time I did bootstrap path, um, we, you know, got up to about almost 500 employees at the last company and it's like, did everything step by step there. And then Katie comes from a management consulting background and she can talk about that, but it's like crazy complementary skills there. We get along to like insanely well. We, we, uh, you know, we have this like running joke where she teaches me words of the day. <laughs> she's laughing over here, but it's like, you know, we just, we, it's completely different backgrounds, but it's like, she's really great at like making introductions, contact and really great at doing stats, numbers, things like that. And so it's like, we, we just the skills, they just, they marry really well together. Yeah. That, that is, we true. have fun too. Like we do. We have, we have, we have a ton fun. of fun working. You're going to have a lot of hours with your co-founders. So you got, you have to respect them. I really, yeah. Sean, he's, he is incredibly bright and incredibly um, flexible in his thinking. So when you run into roadblocks and challenges, uh, he is a great person to be working with because there's not that, you know, sometimes you're with people who their first thought is to blame or to be angry or whatever. And, you know, life is too short for that. You just have to move on and look for the opportunities and look for the, the changes. Um, so as great as Sean is, this is also a really, really great opportunity. And he came and he was telling me about his idea and um, it, it's based off of, and he can talk more about this, it's based off of some work that he did at his last company. And I um, mean, it was an incredible, the results he had. And he can talk about that in a second. But when we were talking about it, we realized that we, will be, we have the opportunity in front of us to transform recruiting in the same way that Tinder modernized dating. And for the, the attention span and the needs and priorities of this next generation. And in the process created $42 billion of value. So, you know, it, the idea was hard to pass up as well as Sean. <laughs> yeah, because we, we remind ourselves, like we have a lot of fun, but it's like, it's, you know, this is the fun part of the startup where we're, we're going through, but it's, and I think it's incredibly important to to like the person that you, you found this with and you can get along with because, you know, there's challenges every single day, yeah. every every single day. Some days it's like, you know, it's, oh, this is awesome. This is great. And it's like, oh, man, this really sucks. And oh, this is great. And it's like, you know, two hours apart. It's just like, it's just you get beat up a lot and you get kind of pushed up. And then it's you got to have someone by your side that that really understands that and can, can support you there. Two two part question, Sean. Where do you live? And and then, what was the other company that you originally met her at? That, so I'm I actually folded yeah. at this point. Yeah, te yeah, technically yes. And so that's uh, it was actually cybersecurity compliance automation. So I guess to answer your first question, I live in uh, Yorktown, and so got it right oh, so yeah. the same so the same plans are going over both of you right now i got you there you go yeah that's why i keep muting it like I'll yeah you and Tim, yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. like yeah and i so, thought that uh, i thought i was like man i was like man are, are, it seemed like we were listening to the same planes that uh are... <laughs> no we got the same f-22 flying over <laughs> and then, no, so, freedom baby yeah that's right so i have a, a pretty decent background in cyber and 
software. And so I was doing a cyber compliance automation platform. It started, that's originally what it was. And then it turned into like consulting. And then it was just like pretty much doing consulting. And I, it's just, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be consultant. I want to build. I want to, you know, drive value and, and really help people. And so talking to Katie too, it's just like, I think there's been a huge reception to difference between it and, and I'm trying to think in the beginning here, when we first started doing this mentor thing, I was talking to Katie about it. Man, I gave like this really terrible presentation, just to be honest. <laughs> and it was like, she's like, you know, what are you doing? It doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're really into this and stuff. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like I've been doing this for a really long time. It's just, I just don't, I'm not into the cyber stuff anymore. It's like, it's become incredibly boring to me. It's, it's super repetitive and it was just time to move on. And so that's, Katie was actually, one of the reasons why I decided to pivot prior to her starting a few months prior. And so. I would love to get, I want to get into the, um, like, are you to the point now where you're, you've ingested different algorithms uh, so that people, how, how is that? How do people see the different jobs? Is it, is it and like, so based on their algorithm, do they, uh, will something reappear that the job is still open? Can people uh, like, do they have a slider in terms of they look, they're looking for jobs that are more based on work or is it more based on fun? Is it more, you know, how, how is, how do you all look at, at that uh, as, as someone's feed, if you will, is. So right now we, yeah, we, so right now we just launched um, just a few weeks ago, actually officially launched just a few weeks ago. We've been, we started, we launched the company officially in August. We got our first customers in September, October-ish. Um, and as we were onboarding them, we started, you know, we're doing entry-level jobs. And a lot of these companies, I mean, technically you're qualified for a lot of these jobs because they don't really have, it's just attitude is what a lot of these people are hiring for. And so technically you can do these jobs. So we have a very deep roadmap right now uh, of features that are getting added, but right now we're, we're tracking tons of data points, things like that. That way, you know, in the future we can really hone in on the types of jobs and things that these, these actual people like. Cause uh, one of our things is to your point is uh, we have two recommendation engines we're building right now. So we're ingesting data to ensure that we can deliver on the best. So basically, to to add to what Sean is saying, um, the jobs are available on social media, and they are um, also we're sending them to special communities. So um, one of our clients, one of our customers, is Taste um, Unlimited, and one of the videos that they made was for. Um, basically geared towards working parents. And um, they have kind of the unicorn of kitchen jobs where it's a kitchen job that has a great non-toxic environment and it has working hours that are between like 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. at the latest. So for working parents, that's almost unheard of for kitchen jobs. And, um, and it's so one of the videos we made, like uh, Sean is showing here, or someone is showing here, um, for Jasmine, it it highlights that, or thanks, Zach. Um, and that the beauty of that is we can we can deliver that video to um, communities like a Nikki spouse community. 
not sure what's going on. Yeah, there's other videos. We have uh, we have a lot of videos that actually aren't up right now, so we're going to be slowly rolling those out over the next few days um, and a few weeks. And so we have uh, quite a few customers coming on. What? Um, how did you guys? I don't know if it's necessarily a pivot, but how did you how, how did you swing over to entry level? Uh, I think if I remember talking to you before, I didn't realize that that was maybe it was the focus at the very beginning. It didn't seem like it, but what, what made you decide with uh, entry level? Is that just the biggest opportunity right now? No, it started with uh, early stage startups is where we originally thought maybe that this is where it's going to be. Turns out, you know, a lot of early stage startups don't have money. So, Learn that the hard way. And so, but it's also the problem is in, we found we've done tons of, we went through actually the, the ICAP program with the state of Virginia. And so we went through that and through there, we started doing customer discovery. We learned how to do proper customer discovery. And as we're doing that, we just started refining our message interview after interview. We interviewed over hundred people, different companies and people and, and really got and refined, you know, the value prop of what we have to offer. And it, it really went from people interested, like, oh, this is a good idea. We like the idea to here's a check. And, and we think, you know, doing that customer discovery was a, a big part of figuring, you know, where do we fit in this market and where can we actually get traction? And we found entry level jobs. And plus it lends itself to the next generation. We, we, we really want um, to get rid of like resumes and stuff. That's like our long-term vision is to completely get rid of those. And so it's like a lot of these entry level jobs also fit into that scope of where there's not a lot of requirements. It's just, you know, do you have the right attitude? What's your name and email? And then that's it. And you sign up, you can apply for this job. Devil's advocate on this. So as I'm looking at it, looks looks nice. Looks like Instagram. Why shouldn't someone, some business, just start posting this stuff on their own Instagram and and attract it on their own? Like what? What's why? Why should they? Because I mean, it, they're called Reels. I mean, it's it looks just like Instagram. Seems like you you copycatted that. Like, why not just play that game? Why why should why should a company come on Realist instead of just going on IG all day? That's why we built the two other pieces of the platform. So first, the the reach piece, Instagram is does not do that. They don't have the reach into the communities or that everyone's a recruiter kind of network uh, effect of distributing the video. So we believe that um, with Actually, there have been lots of studies by Harvard Business Review and others that the best candidates come from referrals. So using that everyone's a recruiter type of um, distribution, you're going to get not only a viral distribution of your jobs, but you'll also get the candidates that are the most fitting for your job. Um, and the second piece of it is the data and, um, and using that data to really drive um, your messaging and your community. There's a there's actually a, a third piece um, that is not all offered by Instagram that um, that we do that we haven't spoken about. But um, one of the issues with uh, our model that we uncovered uh, early on is that making job videos is not um, an easy thing. And it's not, and there is a barrier to entry there for companies. They don't know what to put in the video or how to make it, especially, frankly, short form videos, because you have a limited amount of time and you really need to get your message across. So you need to have that storytelling element. 
So um, we actually won a grant. Uh, we won two grants from the state of Virginia. Um, our second grant is to build this content creator portal that is based on generative AI, like OpenAI, ChatGPT, and um, it walks employers through the steps to create their own videos. So using this portal, it's like it's as simple as you know answering a few prompts and then reading through the storyline that the that the portal recommends getting the um, storyboard that the portal recommends making a few tweaks and then picking up your cell phone camera and making your video so we are lowering the barrier to entry for companies to do that so the the ai aspect in there actually gives them something to say something to do where it's not just hey you should do this this is right. I think a lot of times in in, in the past uh, a consultant's going to be like, oh, this is this is this is how you do this thing. And then the person gets back to do it and creatively. They're like, uh, I don't know what to do because right. because of something like yeah, given the, the procedure to, to to follow like a doctor would uh, an operation. So I think that's that's pretty smart because a lot of people do struggle with that where they're like, well, I, don't, I, I get that I'm supposed to do this, but I don't know what to do in this case. So. Exactly. And it's hard to find short form video creators. Honestly, uh, there are a lot, well, of a lot of people think well. it's really people think it's yeah. really easy yeah. to create a quick video. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, I, we were at a pitch. Uh, Tim and I uh, judged a pitch contest a couple weeks ago. And what was it? Three minutes, five minutes, whatever it was, Tim. Mm -hmm. And they all, you know, half the people, maybe not half them. Several of them were like, oh, the time's up. I'm not even halfway through. It's like, yeah, like it. It goes quick, like it's so 90 seconds or 45 seconds, whatever you said the video was like, that's a quick amount of time. But if you think about it, commercials are 30 seconds and sometimes yeah. they're only 10 seconds long. And so yeah. to, to be you very distinct, no, you, you got to be, yeah, gotta be uh, solid in there. It helps, them, it helps them find their voice and then they can start making their videos themselves. I would say the last point to your devil's advocate would be uh, people aren't following the companies that are looking for to hire. Yeah, that's right. I was going to, I was thinking they're that not, too. They're, like, yeah, they're not following you. They don't know you exist in most that's of the right. cases. You, you have a density. You, you, I mean, people know that real is where I want to go to find what I'm looking for. To find a job. Yeah. If you're trying to get entertained, it's, you go to Instagram, you go to TikTok, you go to wherever else. And it's like, but if you're here to look for a job and you don't want to scroll through hours of, you know, job descriptions, you come here. So Tim, Tim said it's a very crowded marketplace for jobs. Knowing that, how do you drive traffic to your site then so that people can find them? So right now we do uh, quite a few things, you know, we're a startup, we do, we do startup stuff. And so <laughs> there's actually things that we, we can do here. And so there are um, certain, certain ways we could make our jobs actually show up on traditional places like Google Jobs and Indeed still, even though the video won't play there, but they, they can discover us that way. Uh, we shove our stuff into communities. We'll manually send them certain places. We'll, you know, automatically send them other places, things like that. But it's like, you know, we're, we're really focused on delivering for our customers right now. And so we're doing everything that it takes for that to happen. All right. When you say communities, are these places that are anticipating job board like stuff or are they mom Facebook groups that you're trying to create? A relationship with and not being that annoying person to send it because i think a lot of people think about okay go find an influential place go post there and and that's great but most of the people if you're not actually interacting in that community or that group you're not going to get the traction that you want so how do you how do you at scale 
accomplish that when ultimately you're spamming a group that isn't probably there for that reason. So, yeah. So with uh, with that, so we're incentivizing the owners of these groups. So that's the, the anyone's, the everywhere, I guess, that everyone's a recruiter model. So essentially these group moderators, they have created these groups. They have spent their own time. They've spent their own resources creating these groups and they, they get nothing for it. They get zero dollars. It's all out of their own money. So with this, they can literally moderate what jobs go in there through us and they can say these jobs come from here i get all referral fees because i'm posting them in here and so they can actually start making money off of the jobs that are getting put into their groups because a lot you of the said groups that that earlier are, the 500 to five thousand dollar piece is that from from realist or is that from the employer that so employers pay us and we give it out so that way the employers don't have to track legal stuff they don't do 1099s they don't do any of this stuff because they're paying out all these things we handle everything for them they just say here's a referral fee we they tell us if the person got hired and they set the limits, either it's, you know, day one, it goes out or day 90, you know, they get to pick when it gets dispersed and we handle everything on the other side of that. And so, but it's essentially, essentially allowing these people who have spent, you know, their own time to start making money off of their stuff. And honestly, a lot of these professional groups I'm in, there's already job category in there. They just don't get to monetize it and we allow them to monetize it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I want to circle back <clears throat> around to customer discovery. Um, so you went through ICAP. What was the what was the biggest thing that you learned uh, in terms of interviewing that you were doing not not the best way? I don't want to say you're wrong, but what, what, what was the biggest thing that you learned that you're like, wow, um, just we have a lot of early stage founders that listen to the show. So this is a great opportunity to share what you learned with them as they uh, go into the customer discovery phase. No, we're 100 percent wrong on lots of points. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. No, we, we, we've been wrong quite a few times, but it's, you know, admitting, you know, admitting in, in identifying quickly where the things, your assumptions that you've made and being able to, we didn't, we wouldn't do uh, just giant pivots, which is minor tweaks. And so we would say, okay, well, um, for example, we could say, oh, just for example, entry level jobs. We can say we first, we started at the, uh, the startup jobs. And then we realize, okay, what are the entries? We're not, we're not actually they don't have this problem because they're not actually hiring. So what can we do? We tweak it down just a little bit to maybe uh, out of college, we we'll see if the problem exists there, and then just kind of slowly iterate on just the minor assumptions. Um, in ICAP, you also do like uh, personas, and so there's little sections on the personas. Like if you go through that class, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just like uh, characteristics about the actual person. So there's stuff on the CPG side, but we're on, obviously we're on the, the SaaS uh, product side. And so it's like, uh, we could just, just slightly tweak little sections. We wouldn't do big sections and it's, and it resulted, you know, like we said, from, from this is cool to here's, here's a check. Well, and I thought something that was interesting, and I talk about, we talk about customer discovery a lot. I think a lot of people just do the interviews. They, they, they think they're getting the right answer when actually it's not. And I, I like, I, I understand why they do, they do that practice, but I feel like if you're not going to get to that practice to do what you guys did, it's stupid basically. Right. Because you, you said, basically people were great. This is an idea. I think it's great. But until those checkbooks came out, like those are the real people that you need to talk to. And that's really where customer discovery should be leaning towards in my opinion, because if not, you just have this thing that people think is, is Granby, but if it ain't paying you, then you just have a hobby. And so yeah. I, I, it was interesting to see that shift that, that you said that shift happened, like how quickly of those hundred plus interviews, when did that happen? 
uh, when did you, did you start asking for that, that um, financial aspect of it pretty late? Like where, where, where was that in it? Because to me, customer discovery is irrelevant if you're not getting the money answer out of there with people who are actually going to, to pay it. Yeah, it took about four, four-ish weeks to finally get our, from when we started to getting the first check. Um, I would say one of the things that that really helped was figuring out where the barriers for our customers actually were too. It wasn't that our product, it wasn't that the product radically needed to shift because this product has always been pretty close to what it is right now. It's just, there's minor tweaks and our messaging has changed uh, dramatically, but it is that our positioning in the market is, is what really changed. And so where do we fit inside of their current workflow? So also in ICAP, you go through what is for us, you know, who, who is buying our product? Who's the buyer? What is their, their daily work life uh, like? So what do they do when they traditionally hire somebody and where do we fit in that process? Can we improve any steps of that process? Um, do we replace any parts of it? Are we just an add on and things like that? So our actual positioning in the market is like doing that customer discovery. We started slowly shifting left out of their, out of their workflow. And that, that allowed us to be, essentially you can use us without changing anything in your current workflow. And so that really changed a lot of things for us. Like that mixed with a lot of uh, little minor tweaks, but, but doing that slow iteration to figure out why are they saying no. So interestingly, yeah, we started um, Realist mid August and mm -hmm. our- um, Of 22? Yeah. 22. And we, um, yeah, so 22, August 20, August like, Sixteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, and we conducted our customer discovery then, and um, we we really learned a lot from the open ended questions that we were asking that yes. ICAP taught us to ask. You know, tell tell me about your hiring. Uh, let me help me understand the challenges you face and the and um, what your hiring process is like. Those types of questions. And then um, at the end of the interviews, they would typically ask us what we do. And we explained realist. And what was so amazing to us is that we got overwhelmingly positive feedback. And in fact, um, what we noticed is that a lot of the people that we were talking to were changing there we i mean we randomly noticed it on one and then we started looking for it and we realized that the people we were talking to were changing their instagram yeah. posts based on our conversations so when we had follow-up calls with them uh we were really feeling pretty good about it but you know the ultimate test was that these companies um that we were talking to we're, we're really willing to work with us. And, um, you know, our, our business model is an upfront, um, subscription. It's a annual subscription for the platform and then, um, ad hoc fees for video production. If we create videos for them, um, and they were willing to take out their checkbook and pay upfront for the platform. And, um, you know, four months, after we had started the company. So uh, that was really exciting for us. And mm -hmm. um, just to give you a little bit more sense of that timeline, then in September, October, November, we uh, were part of 757 Accelerate. We were lucky enough to get a spot among their um, accelerator program. Uh, 
and um, and we just continued onboarding new customers and launching their their videos. So it's been a, it's been an exciting and really overwhelming uh, ride. A lot of work. Yeah, it's been it's been moving fast. I think just our first question in customer discovery was, "How do you hire?" Let's I just went and look. That was that was the question we always start with. How do you hire? They know nothing about us, like ninety percent of the time. And so it's like, how do you hire? That's the first question. And they just talk. I bet uh, that they're probably been in cruise control on that process for so many years that they don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. It's like, what systems do you use? What processes? What platforms? What do you do? And that's well, and it gets real deep, like real quick. <laughs> yeah. And interesting you say that, Tim, because I think they had been on cruise control for a long time. But in the last year or two in particular... Mm-hmm that cruise control was not working. Right, and 100%. It, it, we had over and over and over again, we heard that just just wasn't driving cameras. What, what changed in that? I think, it, I think it, honestly, I think it had to do with two things. Um, one, COVID, and two, this generational shift. And I think the fact that the boomers are retiring and these, uh, you know, next generation, Gen Z and millennial job seekers are slowly shifting to become the majority of the workforce. If you can imagine that over 75% of the workforce will be this next generation in less than two years, that shift is radically changing the type of talent, the, the talent that's out there, not necessarily the type, but their communication methods are, are becoming much, much more important. And they're not interested in going to uh, an online job board, like, like, let's say indeed and, and scrolling through titles and looking at job descriptions that doesn't speak to them. So, um, you know, they're, they they are all, they were, everyone we talked mm-hmm. to was looking for a new solution. I'm interested in, in hearing your take on the, the two-sided marketplace in terms of how did you balance building that? There's a lot of people talk about, yep, it's like almost standard in every pitch. Yeah, it's a two-minus two-sided marketplace. Yada yada yada. So, what, what were you? What are your lessons learned? What did you focus on first, and how is that working for you? Sean, do you think you could take a step back and talk about how you got the genesis of this idea? Because I think that is really valuable in understanding two-sided marketplace for us. Yeah. So at my last company, we did, um, we did certain things to and hire. And so we had one, you know, one part-time recruiter hired, um, tons of people, you know, over a thousand people. And it's with that, some of the things that we did was we went into private groups, private Facebook groups, things like that. We offered these referral fees to everyone, not just the people in our company. And so essentially these people in these groups would find the talent for us. They would get money. We would have the positions filled. Our overhead was low. We we're in defense contracting. And so, you know, keeping keeping the cost controlled is incredibly important to win. We won over 90% of our contracts and, and just keeping these costs low was uh, was one of those key parts to that. And so that's kind of the basis, you know, of this mixed with the, the current trends in the, the market. Like I saw this, um, what really triggered this, I saw this guy, he posted a, a video about uh, this product he made, and he's like showing it off. And I was like, that'd be so great to be able to see this as instead of a resume to see the actual work that they're doing, especially for these creatives and this stuff and, and switching that 
but the other way for the actual job seekers to be able to see this about companies. And that's kind of, you know, this, this path, that's kind of where this, this idea originated. So, yeah. And, and the cool thing is that, that, you know, like, like Sean was saying, he had to hire over a thousand people with very limited resources. So Mm -hmm. he was, he was part of the employer at that point, but, um, but what was also cool is that they had to hire really rare talent. They had to hire like needle in the haystack type talent. That's mm-hmm. there's 190 people in the world that do this one type of job and they had to hire 50 of them. And so with the combination of um, the referral fees and using community, so that community and network reach piece, you mm-hmm. overcome that second part of the double-sided marketplace. So um, we, we, the, the employers are there, they're interested, they have a problem, they are good for a new solution. Getting to the job seekers is all about the reach. Yeah, and so we, to, I guess, answer your other question, who we focus on, we focus on the people paying us first because they're the ones we drive value to, they're the ones writing the checks. So that's the side of the marketplace. We, we, from day one, we have not neglected either side, but it's like, we need to make sure we really deliver for the person writing the check to us, but we also simultaneously need to engage with community. We need to start building this side up because it needs to, it needs, they need to align at, at once to get over that critical mass and, and start really you know, launching into space. The, so because you guys are a, a platform that, video is involved with um it makes my next question uh, a great one so if you have 30 seconds and 10 million bucks to run an ad on last year's super bowl because it'll be 12 million bucks next year in the super bowl what's the ad what's the realest ad to get in front of 117 million people for for you guys to to, to introduce realists to to the world what's the realest super bowl ad first i would probably go to like Mr. Beast, you see his his post where he was like, "Let me know if you want to do this for less than seven million bucks. I'll get in front of over hundred million people." I feel like that's more our target demographic. You know, he lives. <laughs> you know, he lives two hours from here. He lives just like uh, in in yeah. Greenville, North Carolina, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. crazy in itself. So here's mm-hmm. the interesting thing about your question. Yes, and it goes back to our earlier discussion. Short form video needs to be planned, and there needs to be thinking behind it in order to make it really good and to create that visual storytelling. So um, I think the ultimate answer is that we would want to tell the story of Realist, but we would need a lot of hours to plan out how we effectively tell that story. But in short, we hire, we, we enable employers to hire the right talent faster with short form video and community. That's our, that's our five second, you know, our one liner that we tell people. Yeah, but yeah. That's probably not the Super Bowl ad. No, I think we do. We would we do something real humorous. I think. Do, Keep do, you ever look, do you ever look back at things like Vine six second videos? I, I think there's been some other ones out there as well. I can't remember, but I mean th- those things. Wasn't Vine where the um, um, the Paul brothers Vine. got big? Like, it, it's like, do you ever look at those things and say, okay, like how can we get better or teach? people from other from from other videos that were six seconds long like do you use that for inspiration is there is there anything like that like how, how do you look at other platforms that have done well maybe have not done well but have done short-term stuff um short form stuff 
to, to, to better your education on, on the topic. Yeah. So we definitely like, as far as competitors and stuff, we try and say not to look at, look at them too much, but we do look at like TikTok. We look at stats on, on platforms like TikTok and Instagram to see really what are, what are the, the stats that are important to us? Like what was the length of the video? What, what are the drop-off rates at what portions and stuff? There's a little bit of correlation there to, between, you know, the traditional sides. Um, I think what's interesting too is going back. Uh, we're actually not technically we're the first person to do short form video, but there was an, another platform that did long form video uh, pre-COVID, and it did not work out. And so we really dove into why did that not work out? You know, it was one of the largest job boards in the world that did it. I think they're the second largest or maybe third. They did it and it didn't work. And so we really dove in and tried to figure out why did it not work for them. And one of the things, you know, that we discovered was that they were doing long form video. This is pre-COVID. And so we think, you know, during COVID, like people were bored at home. TikTok became insanely popular during this time. People started making videos. Everyone got really comfortable on doing stuff like this over video and Zoom and 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 so all these little shifts adding together, it's just the time's right. Perfect storm. What's mm -hmm. the uh, um, what's the best way for employers, employees to get in touch with you? They just go to our site. They can um, just go to our site and message us there from the contact page. They can message us on you know LinkedIn if they're on LinkedIn. They can go on Instagram, message us there, or they can go to they can just email us at hello at realist.com. And. Uh... Yeah, I mean, are you? Is there a waiting list right now for um, beyond entry level uh, as employers contacting you about that? Yeah, and so even right now we're we're slowly we're not allowing anyone to like everyone just to sign up. So we're slowly rolling the people on just as we start testing things and getting feedback and metrics and things like that. But it's um, in like four three ish months we're gonna release the self-onboarding so companies will onboard themselves so they'll sign themselves up pay for themselves we have little to no interaction in that uh, but larger companies they can come to us or even companies that need help because we have on staff content creators we also work with local content creators in specific areas uh, maybe like if, if you know we're not we don't do hospitality type videos but we have content creators that are experts in hospitality you know food service type videos that we work with and so you know, we can help them out with finding even content creators to help them film their videos, whether it's us or somebody else. Too. That's awesome. And, and just to be clear, I don't, I don't know that we mentioned this. We don't, we want employers to make lots of videos. We want, that's why we want yeah. to lower the barrier to entry of videos, just so that, you know, you can tell different messages in different lengths of time. You might want to tell a message about um, your hours. You might want to give a message about, um, one of the companies we interviewed gives a clothing allowance. So you can imagine a five second uh, reel where someone's standing in their street clothes, flips around, they're wearing their new clothes that they bought with this clothing allowance from the company and, you know, a little thank you note underneath, you know. So, um, so we, we want to encourage that, that multiple video per company to tell all their stories. You know, I think that brings up another point where I think we didn't really touch on. And so traditionally what happens on on job sites is that when companies need to hire, they turn everything off. They dis or they disappear. They completely disappear when they're not hiring. When they need to hire, they post something real quick and they're like, oh, we need to get people. And then it's you know really hard to find somebody or maybe they don't get the, the best person. They turn it off again and then they turn it back on. So with realists, you post your stuff, you leave your job videos up, you leave everything up always 24 seven. I mean, you can replace the videos or take them down if you want, but it's like, you just say, we're not hiring for this. 
but in the sense in the future, if we do need to hire for this position, you can save it. You can get notified the second we open this back up. So you can always stay engaged with this company and companies can always keep, you know, their, their applicant pool warm and, and not essentially start over every single time, which is that's, insane to me. It's great advice. Uh, I think that's networking one-on-one advice, but I don't think people talk about it. I think that when they need something, they go and bombard everyone instead of just keeping that relationship going throughout time. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it, to me, that's a no brainer, but I mean, I, I love that you guys are, are implementing that and really encouraging business to not turn it off when they're not hiring because there's a pool of a ton of people that can, can learn about them during that time. And maybe that next hire is just two weeks, but if they turned it off, like it, it you're, you're screwing yourself. So I, I appreciate that. Is there anything yeah. that you guys want to talk about that we haven't talked about? I don't know. We, we talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, we can talk for hours. Can I know. I I, there's so many questions hours. I have that I didn't get a chance. I, I see your, your product roadmap and we'll just have to, we'll we have, have 10 minutes. Minutes. We have 10 minutes. If, if you got questions right now. Well, I just, I mean, I just think about like from really from a product roadmap standpoint, it's, it's, I can, I see it. It's super clear to me just in terms of you can have applicants then re send videos back and yeah. then you can, you, you, you shorten things that way. You've got, the uh, just the data that you collect in terms of how you can A B test certain things in terms of what the results that people are getting. There's so many things you can do. It's really really exciting and and revolutionizing the way that the the job application process works. Yeah, automatically applying for a job, you know, just making that seamless after you've seen a video, or do you have a multiple series of videos that you want someone to see before they can apply for the job? Um, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Yeah, yeah so. such great ideas and totally you're exactly right that's what's on our roadmap and what's been so cool to us um to understand we have we have great customers and um the companies in the 757 are are fantastic um in our experience and we've done lots of videos and lots of interviews with people that work at these companies and What's so cool is to understand the differences in the why. So two of the things we really want to showcase in the videos are what do you do and why do you like this job? And, and getting to that why, it talks about the, the specific needs and priorities of that job seeker, of that talent, of that employee. And when you get to that why, then you can start to... Um, form that connection between the employer and the employee. Like I'm here because I love kitchen work and this fits with my um, needs to drop off and pick up my kids. Or, you know, I like to be innovative and, and creative with my food. And I, I'm learning how to be a pizza chef. And what's really neat is, is seeing the variations and what people want on their pizza. And I, I make the dough and the starter and it's always exciting and different in that way. And then mm -hmm. we've had people who say, you know, I love this job as a floor, uh, floor technician because I get to put on my headphones and listen to music and no one's over my shoulder and I'm just doing my thing all day long. It's very peaceful and, 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 and relaxing. So the fact that there are these great employers here and that there are all of these different kinds of jobs that fit with different personalities, different needs and priorities is just really exciting. It's been fun. Yeah. 
I, I guess but the last thing, and then I'll uh, I'll drop my my my. I'll stop giving my ideas. But part of the onboarding plat process for employees is answering every single question for a standard application. Yeah. And then as soon as they watch the video, they perhaps they upload a video of themselves as to why they want that particular job. They submit and then they automatically apply to the job and you can hire someone within minutes. I mean, it just. Yeah. The, yeah remember we, me. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there, we have lots we of heard ideas. It here first on the fervent four right now. Yeah. Right. It's hey, we, you know, we got that uh, timestamp. We got it. <laughs> I think uh, I think one of the things too, like for a lot of early stage founders, like just launch, just launch. Oh yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody cares. Just launch. Like the product's not where we like literally what our site is. Just just be one hundred percent clear. Our website was made in like twenty four hours. The actual, not like the top yeah. side of it, but like the main outside was made in less than twenty four hours. We just put it up. We're actually yeah. rebuilding. We have a new site coming up. Our our long term goal is to be you go when you come to realist.com, you go straight into the videos. Once we you know, we have thousands yeah. of customers and thousands of videos right now, you know, we're just because I would imagine that ninety percent of the application questions are exactly the same. There might be a couple outliers. So if somebody was I'm more interested than that. In, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. So like when you're on board as an uh, an employee looking for work, mm. their you could have their application already done. I mean, it's just like when, when once they're onboarded, and you can really shorten that cycle to be almost. So, so some of the things we're doing, we we don't really talk about are we're we're actually helping long term on our roadmap is helping you know job seekers. Essentially, we have a place we're building that is. Um, as you answer these questions, they get saved automatically. And so you get to save all your different little applications, so you don't have to keep making it over and over and over for the employers that that require the full, you know, a little bit more details. It just autofills. And so. Yeah. Cause the interesting thing is, and I guess this is to your point, like my, uh, my daughter, she had to submit a video to for her summer internship and she didn't think anything of it. She thought nothing of it. Now, and meanwhile, when she was like, yeah, I just submit a video. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So if the request is already being done, going in that direction yeah it's a hot topic on reddit like if you go look like in like different places they they there's people that completely despise it and there's people that are all for it well, that's what i was so, that's my first question right i mean it was yeah some people yes. are against yeah 100%. So we do have we we have thought about that when we when you know when we get to that point that stage in the roadmap we have ideas on ways you could use an avatar or you could use not a video of yourself or um and just show your hands or whatever um we do think that it's actually super powerful because you know there's a there's no better way to know that someone's good at um let's say coding if you ask a couple coding questions right. and then they talk about it or they show how would you do this and you show you show yourself doing it on um your hands doing it or whatever, but, um, but there are challenges with that and mm -hmm. that unconscious bias that we need to allow for and, and preferences. Yeah. As we start rolling stuff out, we're actually, we're doing all we can to eliminate all unconscious bias. We're, you know, redacting universities, stuff like that, like groups that you belong to, things like that. Cause then that stuff matters. Yeah. And, and when you're making a hiring decision, it's just, and you're do, right, you have Sean. The degree, do you have the degree? That's all you need you, to know. Right now, you 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 guys did the right thing. You launched, and then you can continue to add these features. But the big the big thing is launching, getting out there, getting people on the platform. Super exciting. Yeah, we're we're super excited. We're pumped. We think we think this is the future of the job market. 
Yeah. We appreciate your time and uh, continued success. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you for thank your you time. Both. Yeah. All right.